from the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello everybody to Talking Catholic. I'm Pete Sanchez and with me is Mike Walsh. Thank you for tuning in. This is a, uh, we're actually recording this intro separate from the actual recording we did with our guest. Um, so we're, we're recording this in the, in the studio, so it might be a little different than uh, in tone as you listen through the entire thing. But uh, we were able to go over to the uh, bishop's residence in Woodbury and uh, do a great recording with Eustace Mita, uh, who was... Just as energetic and enthusiastic as uh, I remembered him from the Man Up uh, Philly event that in uh, March of uh, or March earlier this year, so uh, it's a great it's a great interview, and uh, you'll be able to hear that uh, a little bit later in the in the podcast. But uh, we had a blast. Plus, it's always nice to be in the the bishop's residence. It's a very quaint. Um, uh, colonial style building, and uh, we uh, actually recorded it in the uh, the den uh, next to the back door. And uh, it was it was actually a, a great conversation. So I hope you'll uh, you'll enjoy listening to that later on. Yeah. But but uh, very nice. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, what do we have going on in the uh, in the uh, diocese? Well, we have a lot of stuff coming up, Mike. We got the uh, there's a priesthood discernment group starting at Our Lady of Peace Parish in Williamstown for young men. Uh, if you're a junior or senior in high school, college student, or in the professional world, up to 39 years old, uh, and you do feel the possible call to the priesthood, uh, come out and, and really this group will help you discern and pray with others who are also considering the priesthood. Uh, it's being held every uh, every month, uh, starting, it started last month, September, so now October 21st, we're going to have one God Said Go and I Said No. And then uh, go from there up until April. So this is going to be something, uh, the, this is one of the things that the bishop has called us uh, as a diocese to pray for, uh, that the Lord send more vocations. I think the uh, the harvest is many, but the laborers are few. I think that's the phrase. Um, yeah, I guess that that's the, the phrase. I always go with... Um, uh, we need more priests, so we need to go out and ask and and so see. Words, and and yeah. that's really the key is what people don't realize is that oftentimes it, it requires an ask. It requires you're not you know we're not shanghaiing anybody into becoming a priest. That's actually that is the absolute last thing that anybody wants to have yeah. happen. But you know if you know someone in your life that I mean the thought has occurred to you, oh man that that guy would make a good priest or you know religious or or any other vocation. Don't be afraid to make mention of it. I mean, you're not you're not ruining the person's life by suggesting to them that they might want to ascertain whether or not they have a calling to the, the priesthood. And sometimes, let's not forget, you know, we often talk about uh, did I, you know, bishop or uh, not bishop, but uh, God's call. You know, sometimes God's call is in the form of somebody tapping somebody else on the shoulder and going, "Would you?" Would you like to consider it? And, you know, and that doesn't mean that that person's going to become a priest. It just means that they're, you know, maybe they'll be opened to it. You know, we had Father Romano on the podcast two years ago, and um, he said, uh, yeah, he fought it tooth and nail. You know, people suggested it to him. He was like, he couldn't think of anything less that he would want to do, but it's kept in the back of his mind. And and he realized, you know, I think I do have a calling to it. And that realization came on its own. But he had had people who sort of 
you know, put that seed into his mind and it's, it's grown into a, a beautiful, uh, really a beautiful priesthood and a really good Catholic man who is a priest of the diocese and helping other young Catholic men, you know, consider their calling. Just uh, come on out if, if you're you're thinking about it. It's uh, again, this is going to be at, at Our Lady Peace Parish, thirty-two Carroll Avenue in Williamstown, uh, two to three thirty p.m. And you can go to camdenpriest.org for more information. The first one is October twenty-first. And coming up later this month on the October twenty-eighth, Mike, we got these in Stratford. For all the listeners, it's uh, if you're a physician, nurse, healthcare professional, or if you just want to say thank you to the medical professionals, bring you and your family. They're all invited to St. Luke's Church in Stratford, Sunday, October 28th, 11.30 a.m. for the White Mass, which will honor uh, these men and women in uh, the healthcare field because caring for the sick is such an integral part of who we are as Catholics. And there'll be a reception uh the, the event is sponsored by the Vitality Catholic Healthcare Services here in this diocese that serve for the, of the Diocese of Camden and the South Jersey Catholic Medical Association. So there will be a reception following the 1130 Mass. And guest speaker, uh, Father or Monsignor Louis Marucci, the pastor of St. Andrew the Apostle in Gibbsboro, will speak on physician-assisted suicide and two... Uh, Two women will receive the St. Luke Award for Leadership in Catholic Healthcare in South Jersey. They are Elizabeth Crowley, MD, and Bobby Bradley, RN. And uh, for more information or to register, call Karen Fisher at 856-583-6123 or karen.fisher at camdendiocese.org. And a few weeks ago, we had the Blue Mass, or about a, almost a month ago, Mike, and now we have the White Mass, which is wonderful. And Bishop celebrated the Red Mass uh, in the Diocese of oh. Delaware uh, hmm. about three weeks ago. And that's for attorneys? Lawyers? That is for lawyers, yeah. And, the, uh, and that's, that's part of a, um, oh, the Thomas More Society. So I think it actually moves from regional diocese to regional diocese, which is why it was in, a, in another diocese uh, other than us. But he was the, uh, the homilist for it. Bishop Sullivan was that it was. Okay, I wonder when that's going to be here next. I don't know. It's actually been a while. I, I I was looking into the. I used to attend them when I worked in uh, in law firms. I would attend them from time to time, um, and I feel like the last time we had it in the diocese was twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. So we're probably due. I know the Canon yeah. Canon lawyers are having their big one, uh, the, their national convention in Atlantic City, uh, in either November or next year. I've forgotten off the top of my head now. I hear that's going to be a blast with the Canon. Lawyer, <laughs> yes, I yes, just, it will. I have to say, I don't know. It's just that term, canon lawyer. The canon, of course, C A N O N means canonical. Mm-hmm. But it's just funny. I don't know. I hear canon lawyer, and I think of a bombardier or something on Gettysburg. I don't know. Just, I, I feel don't like know. you've just conflated two different wars. <laughs> I don't think there were a lot of bombardiers in the in the Civil War, but uh, not a lot of. I know they there were airborne. Uh, soldiers, but they were in balloons. I don't recall if they were throwing out bombs, though. They were air Really? At yeah, the they had hot 18? air balloons. You would go up to, not at every battle, but at some of the battles, they went up in hot air balloons to to view the, the battlefield. I've never even heard that. You're yeah. honestly keep dropping some serious history on that. <laughs> that's what I aim to do. <laughs> As no, a former great. history Thank major, I, I take that a great compliment to that. 
Okay. Well, thank you, Mike. Sure. I, I'm I'm always open to learning new things. That's fa- no, that's fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come on out to the White Mast Sunday, October twenty eighth, eleven thirty, St. Luke's Church, fifty five Warwick Road in Stratford. Mike, this is cool. Um, Bishop McHugh School in uh, Cape May Courthouse is holding the Bishop Scott Talent on November 9th. It's going to be a talent show, benefit the pediatric patients at Cape Regional Health System. It's going to be at 6 p.m. on 2221 Route 9 North in Dennis Township, New Jersey. Uh, one of the second graders at Bishop McHugh School came up with this idea to raise money for sick children. And I, I understand that it's being run almost completely by this young woman with the assistance of the CARES Ambassador Leadership Team. And I, her name is Greta Rebecca. So, Greta, I think this sounds like a wonderful idea uh, to help kids, and, and all proceeds will go to purchase equipment and supplies to enhance the pediatrics department at Cape Regional. And... It just sounds very exciting. It's open to the community. Tickets are $5 for children under the age of 12, $8 for general admission. And if your child, if a parent comes, brings your child, anyone under the age of three uh, will get in for free. So there will be food for sale and a silent auction. It's going to be a good night. I'm excited. It's November 9th. I believe that is a Friday. Yeah, Friday, November 9th, 6 p.m. Uh, Bishop Scott Talent at Cape May Courthouse. And Mike, one of the one of the things I was at uh, last week. Sorry, you couldn't make it. It was in D.C. Yeah, it? yeah, it's something I've been wanting to go to for for a long time, and uh, I was not able to uh, make it down there this past weekend. But uh, but you did, and uh, I saw some of your photographs and uh, your video, and I saw some of the other photos from other um, other pilgrims on this tour, and it looked like it looked great. I, I tell you, the the Basilica in in DC is just. I mean, if you haven't been there, it's. If you are like me, who grew up in tiny little South Jersey mission churches, um, I mean, you know, would seat 150, 200 people, which is exactly what I went to when I was an eighth grader. And then as part of our trip to DC, we went to the national cathedral and I walked into the national cathedral and it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. Just the, just the enormousness of it, the spire alone. It's, it's just an incredible work of architecture and you go in and like, I didn't realize churches weren't just, you know, these tiny little things that were, you know, a few blocks from my house. I had never been to a cathedral. I had never been to the cathedral in here. I'd never been to a cathedral in the Basilica in Philadelphia. I'd never been to St. Pat's in New York. So my first, my first interaction with an, an enormous, gorgeous structure was that shrine in uh, D.C. across from a uh, Catholic university. It's it's gorgeous. I mean, the majesty of it. I yeah. left. I went with the good people of Christ the Redeemer Atco, led by uh, Father Thon Pham who was there, uh, the parochial vicar, uh, Father Pham, and he, it was a fun time. Uh, Lori Power was uh, seen diagonally from me. It was oh, wonderful yeah. to I see saw her. her photos. Her photos were amazing. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah she, and um, it just was a, um, it was a great time. It, um, we got there, 
Uh, right, be- we we got there around ten ten thirty, and we're greeted by the seminarians of the diocese. They handed us programs, smiling faces, and it was a little rain coming down. But when you got there, it was beautiful. The uh, Blessed Mother really uh, brought out the sun, and it was just a great day. There was a procession of parishes, the uh, beautiful sacred concert, uh, sacred music concert. Oh, really? Which uh, Father Sinatra actually. It was neat. He introed every piece beforehand, so he gave a little factoids about, uh, I believe, I think Bach was one of the composers that uh, some of our students and some of our uh, the gospel the gospel choir, the chorale, and the students, the high school students. I talked to some Paul the six students afterwards who performed. I mean, the whole thing was just gorgeous. And that's then, really great. Yeah, and Bishop's Mass was wonderful. And you mean a sermon? The sermon, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, I mean the mass with the bishop oh, 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 oh. was just really uh, special, and to see all the priests and to be in that space, to see the Trinity Dome with a lot of, uh, a, you know, the American saints, mm-hmm. it, it just it, jaw dropping. And yeah. there's never enough time. I could have spent easily a few more hours there. You know, honestly, that I've kind of decided that. It, it's great to go down on bus trips. For one thing, it's less of a hassle to go down on the bus, and and you're with your 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 people, your 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 crew, your neighbors, your friends. Um, but I, I have to admit, the the you know, architecture and experience lover in me, I, I think I would have to drive down or, or take the metro in and like stay for a day because um, it's just there's so much to do in DC, and it's such a beautiful city. You know, take away the political aspect of all of it. If you haven't been to DC, you really got to go. It is. I mean, they have incredible museums. It's a great walking town, one of the best walking towns in the United States. Yeah. Uh, it used to not have great food. Now it has very good food. Um, but then there are all these locations that are just just truly truly beautiful. So uh, so yeah, I was actually I was at the headquarters of the USCCB about a year ago. United States Catholic Conference of uh, Bishops, and uh, and they are located about uh, just a few blocks away from the uh, the basilica, the shrine. Um, and I, I made a point to drive past it just so I could see it. And you don't realize until you get up close to it, you don't realize the just how big it is. It's yeah, DC is really just uh, the Air and Space Museum there. Oh sure, yeah, it's fantastic. Out the queue, it. Just one all, of my... Yeah, all the Smithsonian's. I, I mean, I, I just like walking. I, I like, <laughs> I like walking down Embassy Row. There's a section of the city called Embassy Row. It's where all the embassies are, and they're literally right next hmm. to each other. Well, embassies are the soil, the the land that an embassy is on is considered the land of that country. So I like walking past all the, I'm a lot of, I'm a mutt, so I'm a lot of nationalities. So it's nice to walk past Ireland and put a foot on the grass in Ireland and go, I am currently in Ireland or I'll go to Germany or England. Canada, Canada is not on embassy row. Canada is actually on the tail end of sort of the, the Smithsonian district. They, they have a really very impressive, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Embassy, a very impressive looking embassy. It's huge. Uh, most of them look like residences. This one is actually like a, a giant office building. <laughs> uh, but I always take my, a picture of myself in front of it and wave to my Canadian friends. <laughs> but uh, but yeah yeah, you walk on the the grounds of a of an embassy, and I don't don't walk on too far because you know that's sovereign land. 
But uh, if you can stick your foot on there, it's like, hey, look at that. I'm in Ireland right now. Yeah, what if what if you commit a felony on one of those embassies? Are you technically on American soil? I am very happy to say that thought has never popped into my head. I'm just curious. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I, uh, well, I mean, you, you, I mean, it, it is true. Diplomatic immunity does absolutely exist, um, but they are still. They may not be subject to U.S. laws, but they would be subject to whatever law, uh, you know, is in their country. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they're, they're and they're the, all the embassies are really very pretty. But you can also tell the difference in sort of the status of a country by the look of its embassy. Some of the smaller countries have smaller embassies, and some of the bigger countries have huge embassies. And you know, I think because of the proximity of the United States, Canada has one of the biggest. I have not. I think, yeah. I think I've never walked past Mexico, so I should check that out someday. See what that looks like. To see, I've never been on Embassy Row. I've been to the mall, of course, for the March for Life that mm-hmm. takes place every January. And that's, uh, I have to admit, that's just something where you're marching for life. I, I, I'm just trying to, honestly, I hate to say this, but I'm just trying to keep up with the crowd. I don't really don't look around. Keep up with the crowd, man. I'm tracking people down, racing all over the place. I, I burn more calories at that mall. Uh, because I'm always racing around for photographs, for interviews. Yeah, we did that last yeah. year. And then, and then I have to, because of the way we do things. At the, you know, the rally is at basically the Washington Monument, sort of adjacent to that, sort of in between the Washington Monument and the White House. And um, so I, it starts there. So I race down, you know, I drive down, hop on the metro, get there, get there before it starts, talk to people, try to meet up with a couple of people, which is always difficult because there's anywhere from ten to 50,000 people there. And then the bishop and some of the members of the of the diocesan staff stand at the corner of New Jersey and Constitution, which is at yeah. basically the three-quarters point of the march. And so he stands in one spot so that he can greet everybody as they go by, and he really does. And he loves, and Bishop Sullivan loves to, to meet the pilgrims as they go by, and he takes his picture the, pictures with them and he blesses them every time the cfr sisters come by uh they always ask for a group blessing so you always know when the bishop and the sisters are around because there's about a dozen or more sisters kneeling down getting the blessing and, and bishop providing it <laughs> um and but and then it's you know so i gotta race from one i gotta beat the march to to bishop and then we try to interview people there and i try to get as many pictures as i can and then uh this was the first year i actually finished the march um, because you usually have to wait for everybody to go by, but um, uh, Bishop had to had to get on a train to get back for an event in the evening, so we had to leave at like four thirty, and the the it was the very tail end of the uh, the march, so I was able to get onto the tail end of the march and uh, actually finish it in front of the uh, Supreme Court, but it was. It was really cool. And then I hung around the city, which I never get to do long enough because I love that city. I never get to hang around long enough. Um, and uh, and I did not eat at the in there. I ended up hopping in my car and uh, eating at a Waffle House in Northeast yeah. Maryland, which, uh, as you know, I will never pass up a Waffle House. Sounds good. That sounds yeah. good. So go to D.C. and then uh, go to a Waffle House in Maryland. Yeah. That's but good. right now we're going to promote uh, Man Up south yeah. jersey which is coming up and we're gonna throw it to an ad and then uh, you're gonna hear our great interview with eustace mita who's, he will uh, wake you up he will very energetic particularly for a guy who doesn't like for like me who doesn't like being awake at 9 a.m uh, <laughs> or doesn't like being in a meeting at 9 a.m uh he uh, he got me motivated very quickly so uh you'll hear that uh interview in in about 60 seconds 
On November 10th, the Man Up Men's Spirituality Conference comes to South Jersey. Do you want to be the missionary disciple that God intends? Do you want the opportunity to invigorate and unleash the Holy Spirit in your life? Do you want to be a better son, a better husband, a better father? Do you want to be a better man? Then register today at manupsouthjersey.com for this powerful men's spirituality conference. The conference will feature dynamic speakers, Eucharistic adoration, and tips on creating parish prayer groups. Priests will be available throughout the day for the Sacrament of Reconciliation. This spiritually inspired day will conclude with Mass celebrated by Bishop Dennis Sullivan. To register, go to manupsouthjersey.com. Don't miss this important event. It could change your life. Be the man that God intended. Register today at manupsouthjersey.com. I cannot wait for that event, Mike. That looks very exciting. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it as well. I've been working on this for about uh, a year now, so I'm looking forward to seeing it myself and a team of people. I've uh, been working on it to to uh, make this come to fruition. And I attended last year's Man Up Philly in South in uh, Man Up Philly at Newman University, and it was outstanding. And uh, I'd already been working on the project before I attended it. And then when I actually saw it in action, I was truly, truly impressed with the response from the people in the seats. I mean, an event is always great, you know, depending, you know, when you look at the speakers and whatnot, but actually watching, watching people react to it is how I know just how effective it's being. And the people that were in that audience really responded to it and you could tell it was really resonating with them. So I'm, I'm very excited that uh, it's coming to South Jersey in November and because of that, we are currently sitting in the Bishop's Residence in uh, Woodbury, New Jersey, about to interview a very special guest. Yes, we are here with Eustace Mita, the founder of, one of the founders of Man Up uh, Philly, uh, and he is the uh, chairman of Icona Resorts. Am I saying that correct? That's exactly Eustace? right. Thank you, Pete. Okay. Icona Resorts, and uh, we're proud to say we're in beautiful Woodbury today, and Icona is, uh, is largely a New Jersey company. We have Icona Cape May, which is our hotel on the beach in Cape May, Icona Diamond Beach, and Icona Avalon, which is also on the beach. Oh, well, wonderful. We need to hit up those places sometime. Mike. I know. I think we need to uh, have a, a day trip down there for uh, maybe maybe a uh, Catholic Star Herald uh, weekend retreat at one of these locations. <laughs> Yeah, okay. you, would well, you be you on board with that? I okay, will there. be very much on board. So, Eustace, thank you, again, thank you again very much for joining us. So, speaking about Man Up, you started this about ten years ago. How long? We, we ago? did, we did. This uh, this is actually our eleventh year for Man Up Philly, and uh, the way it started was we had a, a little gospel reflection group in beautiful Chester, PA, and then uh, our then Archbishop Cardinal Regali uh, asked me, he said Eustace. You know, we'd like to start a men's spirituality conference. And I said, uh, that's great, Eminence. W- what does that look like? And he told me one day event, he would, uh, uh, we'd get some speakers and he would say the mass at the end. And uh, I said, that's great, Eminence. What would we, what should we call it? He said, well, how about the Archdiocese of Philadelphia Men's Spirituality Conference? I said, Eminence, this is Philadelphia. It's a tough town. I said, nobody will show up to that. So we came up with the name Man Up Philly, and it got such a good response because of of what that means. Man up, be a better husband. Man up, be a better father. Man up, be a better brother. Be a better Catholic. 
And so it really took, and so we started Man Up Ministries. And we've thought that if it worked here, it's a format. And in many dioceses across the United States, they'll have a conference, it'll do well, but then it fades out. So we said, we want to put a conference together that we can take to any city. And so uh, up on the queue is also Man Up New York, but we're very excited, very excited about Man Up South Jersey because it's the first time that the Man Up Ministries has uh, has going, uh, you know, uh, other than Philadelphia. So it's very exciting. And I have to tell you, you have built an unbelievable team led by Deacon Anthony here. Uh, I'm just a proud to be a part of it and watch from the grandstands. No, he is, he's been an outstanding leader and an incredible champion, uh, uh, very much based in, in your model, as a matter of fact. Uh, if there's one thing, having been to Man Up Philly and having talked to you a couple of times, uh, if, there's a, if there's a centerpiece, a linchpin to this entire thing, it is your enthusiasm, uh, Houston, <laughs> through, throughout the entire day. I don't know how you keep it up for eight straight hours uh, up there on stage as you're coming on and off and introducing each speaker, but... Uh, but it re- I, I, the, what you don't expect nowadays um, is a big group of men to be together and excited, unless you're in an Eagles game or a hockey game or a Phillies game. But there you were at, at this men's spirituality conference, and it's, it starts at I'm, I get there bleary-eyed at 8.30 in the morning. We had just had a huge <laughs> snowstorm the, like the right. night before, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not in the mood. I get in there, and you have everybody up and clapping and singing at 8 in the morning, and I'm looking at this going, I, I don't know how this happened, but I think I've just <laughs> attended my first religious revival. It was truly impressive. It, it really was. Um, sort of like, what was your concept going into to a conference like this? Was was this something, did you, did you find in your life that men were having a hard time sort of publicly embracing their spirituality and focusing on their spirituality as part of their daily life? Well, that's, that's an interesting question, Mike. And that's exactly what I found and what we found, and that it lacks some of the enthusiasm. I mean, we have such uh, great charisms within the Catholic Church, and I'm half Irish and half Italian, so the the Italian side of me is a hugger. The Irish side, you know, my Irish side of my family, it's, you know, they're very untouchy and, and so on and so forth. So we wanted to uh, bring a level of enthusiasm like the Baptist Church has. And how do you do that without making people self-conscious? And that is to invoke the Holy Spirit and to have them be inspired. And one of the other things we learned uh, in our in my business life is we we trained many many uh, over three thousand dealerships in the automotive side of our business, and we found that there's some principles that if you follow these principles, that they work uh, just in life. Life principles, for example, words paint pictures, so we say always use positive words. Music stirs the soul, so always make it upbeat, and water soothes the soul. So if you can get on water, do it. But we use, uh, you know, we use these these basic principles. So when you come in, everybody is tired. It is eight thirty in the morning. We did have a snowstorm, which was unbelievable, by the way. <laughs> there was trees down everywhere, yeah. and uh, but we use that music to inspire. And, and to make people feel good because music is such a great gift from our Lord. I mean, such a great gift that, uh, you know, that was really made to sing our Lord's praises. And uh, so we, we use that within uh, Man Up Philly and certainly Man Up South Jersey. You know, oh, I'm sorry, Pete, go ahead. Sorry. Well, just speaking the the role about men for a second, you, you want, uh, I like that 
is this, I like Mike, you said, talked about how we, normally we gather around Eagles, Flyers, Phillies. How can, is this conference designed to kind of help men? Because how can we make talking about faith something we do in our everyday lives? You know, Pete, that that is really a great question. And I think the Holy Spirit has really inspired us with the answer. Because typically what we do in our lives, we're busy, 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 doing it, doing it, doing it. We get up every morning. We have the same routine. We check the box on Sunday, go to Mass, and that's the end of our faith. So we said, what if? What if we could come up with something, uh, and certainly guided by the Holy Spirit, that could make men think about their faith all the time? For example, I'm goal-oriented. I set goals every January. And one of the goals I would say is, here's my hierarchy. It's God, family, business. But the truth, Pete and Mike, was I was really business, 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 family, God. I thought I put God first, but I was kidding myself. And something happened to me through these gospel reflection groups 15 years ago. And all of a sudden, I couldn't stop thinking about God in thought, word, and deed. And I, and I made up a prayer to myself because I'm not that smart, so I really needed to be dumbed down. And it goes like this, Lord, illuminate my path so that I may recognize your will for me and follow it in thought, word, and deed, professionally, in my business, personally, and family-wise in my home. And I have to tell you, that's where my enthusiasm comes from, Mike, because I'm so excited to share that with other men and to watch them share it. Our Gospel Reflection Group started out at one place in Chester. There's now over 100 Gospel Reflection Groups that spun from that in New Jersey, in Delaware, in Pennsylvania. And it, it really, when you put God first in your life, no matter what crises comes, it's like water off a duck's back. I mean, yes, it, it hurts, but boy, and that's what the Man Up uh, New Jersey uh, is going to introduce here, and, and we're just so excited about it. And you know, the the way this all started, I, I, I really appreciate it. The Your Man Ups have, the last several have been well over a 1,000 attendees, but it really, the, it's very humble roots for just a couple of guys around a conference room table, right? As I, it as really I is. That's exactly what it was. It was a couple of guys, you know, a ragtag, a ragtag team. Uh, that, that turned this out, and uh, and it continues to grow. And why is it growing? Because men need to be fed. You know, just we talk about the Catholic Church and, and the catharsis. I don't want to say crisis. I call it a catharsis that's going on right now. And But it's the same thing in the Word. We're in a broken and wounded world, and men need to be fed. Men need that hope. Men need where to go. What's home base? Our Lord is home base. Our Lady's home base. But they don't know that. So, you know, and and it's hard when you're going to church and you just go on a Sunday, are you even hearing the readings? Are you drifting? So here it's man up and and it's a way for everybody to come together for the same goal. And I think you're talking about the, the men need to recognize the power that they have to shape their communities and their families. I listened to an interview uh, that you did somewhere else where you mentioned a Pew Research report. That said, I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that 90% if, if the husband in families, if the husband goes to mass with the wife, the whole family, it's 90%. It's only 30% if you take the father out of the equation. Am, am I getting that correct? You're getting that exactly correct, Pete. And it's really interesting. I didn't know that myself as I was growing up because my mother actually had um, the deeper faith. She was the one making my father come. 
But that's what these gospel reflection groups and man up Philly has done. It says, man up, be the man of your house, be the man of your house. Uh, Charles Ramsey, Commissioner Ramsey was one of our keynote speakers at man up Philly. And he said that if you are born into a family where one of the parent is missing and the parent that's missing is the father, it's devastating to the man. It's devastating. And, uh, that rings through my ears. And so we've had at Man Up Philly, and now we'll have it Man Up Jersey, fathers bringing sons, sons bringing fathers. Sometimes it's the son who is bringing their father closer to our Lord. But it just gives everybody that one commonality. The Holy Spirit promised, you know, our Lord said, if, if two or more are gathered in my name, I am in their presence. And boy, we're going to light it up. At Man Up South Jersey, you know I'm. Uh, I'm. You talked about your speakers, <clears throat> and uh, I was at the last the last years or la- the last Man Up Philly, and the speakers are very powerful. I'm curious, what what kind of thought do you put into when you're when you're putting together your speaker lists from from year to year? Like, what are you really looking for? What are you hoping to see out of your speakers? You know, it's funny, Mike. Over the last eleven years, nobody's asked me that question, <laughs> but and I'm I'm glad you did because we take this very seriously. And we have many speakers who now that Man Up Philly has become its own brand, uh, that they apply to us, you know, can we speak at Man Up Philly? And uh, if we don't know them, then we'll look at a YouTube and we'll say, you know, or give us, you know, let us see a speech. And if it isn't something that can inspire the men, inspire the men to bring them closer to our Lord, then we take a pass on it. So we look for somebody that is on fire so that they can help ignite that passionate fire of love for our Lord. Like one of my favorite uh, uh, phrases from the Bible is, zeal from my Father's house consumes me, consumes me. And those are the speakers we look for. And and you'll see that in, in a Don Seleski was a you know two-time Stanley Cup champ. You'll see that in the Irish tenor Mark Forrest, that they have that zeal uh, for you know our Father's house. You know, one other element to we talked we touched on it at the very beginning. You've mentioned it a couple of times, but the the men's prayer groups that that you do, um, you know, the conference itself is fantastic. You people who go to it will really be touched by it, and and that fire will be lit. But I I get the impression that what really carries it forth, which is really helpful to carrying it forth, are those men's prayer groups as they as they establish. Can you talk a little bit about yours and how it sort of came together and the benefit it gives you moving forward? The benefits are unbelievable, Mike. The way the way it started, I had a friend of mine, Father John Connery, who was actually a young priest uh, seventeen years ago, and he and I became uh, close friends. And he said to me, Eustace. Uh, you know, you have such a zeal for, for your for your faith. Why don't you start an apostolate? I said, oh, that's a good idea, Father. What's an apostolate? <laughs> okay. And he said, uh, and by the way, I'm already, back then, I'm already a, a daily communicant. Yeah. And yet, uh, and he said, well, who's your spiritual director? I said, what's a spiritual director? I never heard of a spiritual director, even though I was in Catholic school my whole life. And so he became my spiritual director. And he said, why don't you start a gospel reflection group? I said, that's a great idea. What's a gospel reflection group? But anyway, so here it is in, in, in short order. So we refined it because we made a couple of mistakes along the way. We had it once a month. That's not enough. We had it every other week. Then the men couldn't remember what week it was. So we said, we're going to do it every week. We, you pick a day. For us, it's Friday. It can be any day. And the 100 groups, they have, you know, some guys do it on Saturdays. But it's the same every week because men need to be fed. 
the modern world, there's such a pull, there's a magnetic pull, and so many distractions away from our Lord. And, you know, that's just the, the way the enemy works, whether it's your iPhone or your iPad or the television set. But yet you have that empty feeling. So that's why the Gospel Reflection Group took off. We went from having five people every week. We have 50 people in my office, 30 on the telephone. They call in. We have the ambassador to Monte Carlo in Monaco outside of France. We have people calling in three from California, and we're 7.30 in the morning. So for them, it's 4.30. Who gets up at 4.30? You know who gets up at 4.30? Men who are being fed. Men who want that feeling that you can only get from a closeness from God. Men who know you can only get that feeling from knowing the Eucharist that, that the presence of our Lord is working in your life 24-7. I say miss a meal, but don't ever miss a gospel mm-hmm. reflection group, mm-hmm. and they don't. Mm-hmm. No. So I, I've tried to, my friends and I used to get together at a, a Cracker Barrel once a month, kind of men's breakfast. Uh, and this is just inspiring me, and I need to probably give them a call. And Mike, you're more than welcome to join us. I well, I, I love Cracker Barrel, so that won't be a hard uh, hard sell for me. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Seven thirty is kind of tough, though. I don't know. Yeah, well, you That's know amazing. me. Before ten a.m., and it, it depends on what version of Mike you're going to get. So I might be better with an afternoon one or evening or cocktails. Who knows? Sure, anything involving food and drink. The and that, uh, oh, go ahead. No, you, you, Mike. No, no. I was actually. Uh, I know, Eustace, you have a heart out, so we're going to wrap this up in the next couple of minutes. So, Pete, if you have a final question, it's the time to ask. Yeah, actually, Eustace. Uh, Something you said, uh, you talked about how men have to arm up every single day. I, I want to hear that from you. Well, you know, that's, uh, first of all, I really appreciate you asking that, Pete, because this, I'm not that smart, but the Holy Spirit inspired me one day, and I was discouraged. And the reason I was discouraged is because uh, within a seven-year period, I felt like Job. Uh, this was during Armageddon, 2008 to 14, mm-hmm. on a professional life. I'm in real estate. My business uh, was down 50%, uh, sometimes 70%. Uh, two of our five children got cancer, one brain cancer, terminal, who by the grace of God is still alive, and the other one, thyroid cancer. And I just said, Lord, you got to give me something here. You got to give me something. And the Ackerman came to me like, I, I, you know, I don't get visions or locutions, but our Lord somehow spoke to me and said, Yus, you got to arm up. Okay, so I started this acronym, A-R-M, Adoration Rosary Mass. So I started, because I was already going to Mass every day, so then I started Adoration. Not an hour every day, but at least sometime by myself in front of the Holy Spirit. We're so fortunate to have that in my parish at St. Mary Magdalene. So that's Adoration. Rosary. How do I compel myself to say the rosary every day? We have five children, so I make a day for each child. Now, how can I, how can I miss Wednesday when I know that's Missy's day? How can I miss Friday when I know it's Molly's day? So it compels me. But the benefits aren't just for my children. They're for me. They're for my wife. Saturday is Susie's day. And so, uh, so that's the acronym, Adoration Rosary Mass. And, and who, I mean, no one, the enemy can't stand against you. Uh, when you put that spiritual armor on every day. So so that's been a huge help for me. That's great, Eustace. 
And just as we uh, as we wrap up uh, for for anyone listening, uh, for if you haven't gotten your ticket yet for Man Up South Jersey, go to manupsouthjersey.com. Uh, tickets are available, and I believe we've extended the discount price for another month. I can tell you that uh, several hundred have already signed up for it, so we're looking forward to it. And very sh- in short order, we'd like to make sure that we're able to to reach the lusty goals of a thousand people at our at attendees, and maybe have to look for a new location. We're very 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 actually we're already considering other locations as a matter of fact. So uh, we have no doubt that this is going to grow. Uh, based on the success that we, you've seen in Philadelphia for the last 10 years and what I guarantee will be a success in, in Haddonfield uh, on November 10th. So thank you very much, Eustis, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Pete, good job again. Thank you, Mike. All you right. too. Have to th- and thank you to Bishop Sullivan for letting us use his uh, his den and his residence in Woodbury yes. for, for this podcast. We're, we're very blessed to be thank here. You. So thanks for listening, everybody, and have a good day.